Good morning. It is great to see you, you on live stream, you in the sanctuary, and it's great to jump into the letters to Timothy from the Apostle Paul, which is where we are as we're moving through the biblical story. And as we do that, I want to recall with you a poem by William Stafford. <clears throat> I've shared this before, and it just seems like a great uh, intro to the scripture. There's a thread you follow. It goes among things that change, but it doesn't change. People wonder about what you are pursuing. You have to explain about the thread. But it is hard for others to see. While you hold it, you can't get lost. Tragedies happen, people get hurt or die, and you suffer and get old. Nothing you do can stop times unfolding. You don't ever let go of the thread. I love that poem. And I think this is what Paul is trying to say to Timothy in this second letter, the first chapter, actually throughout both letters, except he doesn't use the word thread. The word that he uses here in the Greek, the Greek is parathikis. It's only found three times in the whole Bible all of them from Paul, and two of them in our passage. And parathikis basically means there is a treasure that has been entrusted to you. And every time you find the word parathikis, it's always found with the words guard and keep. In other words, don't lose this thread. Paul has been entrusted with this treasure, this thread. And now he's at the end of his life, He's at the end of his ministry. He is in prison in Rome. He has suffered greatly guarding and keeping this treasure. And that's what he wants Timothy to do. He wants Timothy to guard and to keep what has been entrusted to him. What is this treasure? You will hear him describe it in this passage, the promise of life in Jesus Christ. And I think you'll also hear his urgency. Don't lose the thread. Let me pray, and then we're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 1, the first 14 verses. So let's pray. Lord, we are dependent upon you and your spirit to hear your word, to know what this treasure is, to know what it is you've entrusted to us, and we pray for that as we are in this scripture together and in this sermon together. Amen. Second Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. Listen to God's word to you. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, for the sake of the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I am grateful to God, whom I worship with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did, when I remember you constantly in my prayers, night and day. Recalling your tears, I long to see you, so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that lived first in your grandmother Lois, and your mother Eunice, and now, I am sure, lives in you. For this reason, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. 
For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. Do not be ashamed then of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. For this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher, and for this reason I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know the one in whom I have put my trust And I am sure that he is able to guard until that day what I have entrusted to him. Hold to the standard of sound teaching that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Guard the good treasure entrusted to you with the help of the Holy Spirit living in us. This is the gift of God's word. Thanks be to God. So Paul and Timothy, very close relationship. I think it might be helpful to say a word about how they met each other. And the way that Timothy first found out about Paul was quite dramatic because when Paul first came into Timothy's hometown of Lystra, uh, there was just a lot going on. Paul was fleeing for his life. He was on one of his missionary tours. He had been preaching about Jesus that was not well received by the Jews in the previous city. They wanted to put him to death, so he had to run out of town. He was run out of town, literally, and came to Lystra. So he's meeting with a group of people, and he's still teaching about Jesus, of course. And as he's teaching about Jesus, there is a man in the crowd who has been lame from birth. And in the midst of this teaching, through the ministry of Paul and Barnabas, this man is healed. Now he can walk. So the whole village of Lystra thinks that the gods have come down from heaven. They start getting the oxen together. They want to make sacrifices to Paul and Barnabas. They want to bring flowers. They think that they're gods. And Paul and Barnabas are like, no, 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 no. We're just people. And in the midst of trying to dissuade them, the people that were trying to kill him in the previous town come into town, turn the whole town of Lystra against Paul, take him outside of town, try to stone him to death. So there you go. That's how Timothy first met Paul. Paul survived. So Timothy, he, he knew about all that. And he probably knew the man that was healed, right? And now Timothy is Paul's loyal assistant, going with him everywhere, doing everything he can to help. And so he has seen firsthand this treasure that has been entrusted to Paul and how it is very much alive in him. Well, Paul also knew Timothy really well, and he obviously knows his grandmother, Lois, and he knows his mother, Eunice. How does he know them? Well, he probably led them to faith, right? How did they find out about Jesus except through Paul? Paul was the first pastor ever to be in that town, and so their sincere faith and what's been entrusted to them, this thread, really came to them through Paul. And so he knows Timothy and his whole family. And by the way, this thread that's being passed on, 
this treasure that's being entrusted, it's not something that you hold in your hand, right? It's not something that is a belief system in your head that you entrust to others. It is someone who lives inside you. And you hear that in the way Paul talks about Timothy's grandmother and mother. He says, you know, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that lived first in your grandmother, Lois, lived in your mother, Eunice, and now I am sure lives in you. This treasure is embodied as it's passed on from the apostle to the elders, the leaders, the churches, the grandmothers, the grandparents to their children and their children. Don't lose the thread. I am a huge fan of Brian Stevenson. And I'll say just a little bit about why I'm a huge fan. But he has done amazing work, uh, now developed an organization called Equal Justice Initiative, where he has felt a calling, truly a calling, to represent those who are wrongly incarcerated, wrongly sentenced in prison. I think it's interesting that certain people may not talk about their faith that much, but they live their faith. They embody their faith. And he's certainly one of those people. And the thing that impresses me about him is he is convinced that the most important thing about the work that he does is going and being with the people in prison, sitting with them face-to-face, hearing their story from them. And you may think, well, of course, that's what every lawyer does when they're representing a client, not those who represent inmates and especially not those who represent inmates who are on death row, which is pretty much his calling in life. But he has a sense that in order to give them the sense of dignity, to honor their humanity, um, to hear their story in a a world that does not give that, it takes it away, it's really important for him to be with them. And he has a word for it. Whenever you hear Brian Stevenson interviewed, the word is proximity. Proximity. In my mind, it's similar to incarnation, the way God shows up with us in Jesus Christ. And you know where he learned proximity? Every time you hear Brian Stevenson interviewed, which is, you'll see him around interviewed quite a bit, he will tell this story, that he learned proximity from his grandmother. His grandmother, a woman of faith, a Christian survivor of slavery, He said that as he was growing up as a kid in Delaware, she would grab him and she would hug him so hard. He said sometimes it hurt (laughs) she would hug him so hard. And he remembers when she was on her deathbed that he went to visit her and his last words that he heard out of her mouth, her last words, she said, Brian, do you still feel me hugging you? I'm always going to be hugging you. Those were her last words. Entrusting this embodied treasure, the promise of life in Jesus Christ, don't lose the thread. She did not want him to lose the thread. This embodied treasure, this is what Paul was talking about with Timothy, the power, the love, the grace, the promise, 
that is greater than the powers of death in Jesus Christ our Savior. I'm always going to be hugging you. Parathikis. It's a treasure that has been entrusted to us. From Paul, to the elders, to the leaders, to the grandmothers, to the grandparents, to the churches, and now to us. Now to us. Don't lose the thread. Can we lose the thread? Paul's writing these letters because he is concerned. He's concerned about false teachers. He's concerned about the welfare of the church. You hear that he is worried. William Stafford, he writes this poem. You get the sense with the last line, don't lose the thread, that he's worried. And I hear you as you talk about your children and your grandchildren, whether or not this thread, the entrusting of the promise of life, is alive in them. I hear us worried as well. You see this picture here of Astrid Block and her family soon after the pandemic started. Somebody rang my doorbell and I opened up the door and there was her family on my front steps. They were concerned about me because they knew I was by myself. So they brought me flowers and they brought me a homemade card. That's uh, Soren and Eli and Linnea and Thad. Talk about proximity. This embodied treasure entrusted to Astrid and her family by many, many generations. If you have the chance to sit down and talk with Astrid about her heritage, it will fascinate you. And just a brief uh, few things that I want you to know about, that on her dad's side, her grandfather from Sweden became a Christian and felt called to go to South Africa. He went to South Africa as a missionary, had 10 children down there. They all became very involved in ministry in South Africa. On her mom's side, her great-grandmother in Sweden, these are both great-grandparents, became a Christian. And as a, no, let's see, she was from Norway. She, as a single woman, traveled to China and became a missionary there, which is where she met her husband. And they both commented to her about how it is possible to lose the thread. How they observed that when the church gets aligned with the state and loses touch with the common people, how the church can lose the thread and lose the treasure. And yet, her great-grandparents entrusted to the next generation and to her parents faithfully this treasure. Her father and mother... Uh, very uh, faithful, generous, servant-hearted followers of Jesus. This faith was very embodied in them, and they passed this thread onto her. But it wasn't just her parents. And this is the part I want you to hear. As she was talking to me about her mentoring in faith and how generation to generation, the treasure of the promise of life has been passed on to her, the thing that she talked about enthusiastically was her church in Stockton, and how they had a program where the seniors were matched up with the children ages 9 through 15. It was called Prayer Pals. And for a year, they were paired up, and they would get to know each other, and the senior would pray for the younger person, 
And she said it really made a big impact on her. Seeing the thread, the treasure, alive in these different seniors and how they had lived their life with this treasure embodied in them. So a sincere faith that lived in them, that lived in her great-grandparents and more, that she's eager because she's been entrusted with this treasure to pass on to her children. That's what Paul was talking about with Timothy. We need this thread. Oh my gosh, even in this poem by William Stafford, tragedies happen, he writes, people get hurt or die. Every day we hear about another shooting, shooting upon shooting. Every day we are faced with the toxic stew of racism in this country. We suffer, Stafford writes. We get old. But we have a savior. We have a treasure, Paul writes, who abolished death and the power of death at work in this world. We have a savior who brought life and immortality to life through the gospel. Through his Holy Spirit living in us now. And I love the way Paul concludes our passage. We sang it earlier in the hymn. I know the one in whom I've put my trust, he writes with confidence. And I am sure that he is able to guard until that day what he has entrusted to me. Hold to the standard of sound teaching that you've heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Guard the good treasure entrusted to you with the help of the Holy Spirit living in us. This is your job, Trinity. It's your job, Timothy, is what Paul is saying. And I said Trinity just now because I think it's, I think it's our calling, don't you? We have been entrusted with this treasure. Don't ever let go of the thread. Let's pray. Oh God, it's humbling, humbling and exciting to be entrusted with this treasure. In some ways, alarming as we look at the challenges of the next generation, having a faith. So we pray, oh God, for the work of your Holy Spirit in us, embodied in us, that you will help us by your power your love, your grace, your mercy, to guard it, to keep it, to entrust it to others. For we pray this with great confidence in you. Amen.